you. We bless you. We honor you. We magnify you. Father, you are faithful. Where would we be if not for the mercy of God? Thank you so much. Father, there's times and things that we don't understand. There's times where we don't have all the answers, but what we do know is that you are God, you are faithful, you are kind, you are loving, and you are merciful. Your mercy endureth forever. For you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. And so, Father, we thank you that you never change. We thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we'd be lost without you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the word of God this morning. As I open my mouth, you will fill it with utterance and boldness. And I will hit bullseyes in each person's heart from the help of the Holy Spirit. And Father, things will be spoken that will be so specific, so pertinent, so strategic, so skillfully placed for exactly what we need to hear. And Father, it'll be a sign unto us that you're real, that you love us, and that you have a better tomorrow for us. Father, it'll also show us that this is a place where we can hear from heaven and get our spiritual mail. So Father, we look forward in great expectation to this service. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can go to Acts 27 and verse 10. I believe we're finishing up this three-part series today. This is the third part, so uh, we'll see, but I, I'm pretty sure. But in Acts 27 and verse 10, we're going to pick it up. And this is where the Apostle Paul was a prisoner, and he was heading to Italy. And uh, he had had to speak before kings and, and, and different things, and so he's... He's getting ready to go across the ocean, you know, and, and proclaim uh, uh, Jesus to people and to sail. And so it says in verse 10, and, and he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with much hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. So he's picking up in the spirit that it's not going to be the best uh, journey. It's not going to be the, the smoothest of sailing. And so he's warning them. He says, I don't, I don't want you to lose your life. I don't want to lose my life. And, and I'm certain you don't want to lose the ship and all that's on board. And, and of course, you know, for time's sake, they, they didn't listen to him as the prisoner. You know, they, they decided to do their own thing. And they set forth. And what happened? They, they entered into a storm that was like of ty typhoon or hurricane proportions where Everything that Paul said was coming to pass. And they said in, in this version, if you read it, that they couldn't see the sun or the stars for many days. That's how dark it was. That's how overcast it was. And they're out in the middle of the water and, and it's terrible. And they're throwing things overboard to light, lighten the ship up. And, and look what it says here in verse, let's see here, in verse 21. Well, actually, go to verse 20, and you'll see that there. When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and have gained this harm and loss, to not gain. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. 
Now look at this. For there shall be no loss of any man's life, but only the ship. Well, how many of you know stuff's not as important as people? So that's good news. And what are we talking about here? Well, we're going to look at the end of this story here in a second, but we're, we're bringing it over into our life. And so many different stories and situations in the Bible are meant for our learning. They're in there for a reason. So many more things happen that weren't in there, but what is in there is for our learning, for our admonition, for our, for our understanding, so we can apply things to our lives. And so what we're seeing here is a situation where somebody encounters a great storm in their life. And, you know, we're a faith church, so we know that storms are not, and I'm not talking natural storms, I'm talking just life storms. We're not uh, immune from the attacks. We're not immune from the tribulation and the test. You know, when you become a Christian, you don't become immune to that. But, you know, many are the, 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 the trials, right? The Bible talks about G Jesus saying that in the world you're going to have these things. And so we know that. But one thing that we don't have to stay in is defeat, is lack, is is depression, is fear, is anxiety, is sickness and disease. We don't have to stay there. We might get attacked in those ways, in, in, in sadness and despair and discouragement. We might be attacked those ways, but we've been given supernatural help to get out. And faith is our answer. We know that 1 John 5 and verse 4, I was messaging that person yesterday that that had reached out to me about something that had apologized. I said, no, don't, I want to tag this with you. And I, I, I messaged him 1 John 5 and verse 4. And that verse says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so I, I put that in caps, you know, to him in that text message. I said, your faith is enough for this. Your faith can overcome this. And so we're learning some things. And he says, there won't be any loss, but only of the ship. And he said in verse 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying. Now, when it's a true visitation from an angel, they're not, they're not on their own program. They're speaking what God is saying to them. Whose I am, whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. So the angel from God is telling them, don't, don't be afraid. You must be brought before Caesar. Well, what's that telling him on the storm? Apparently, if I'm going to go stand before Caesar, I'm not going to die. And lo, God has given you all them that sail with you. And then Paul opens his mouth and says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Notice this. For I believe God. Fires me up. In the midst of hell on earth, people that stand up and say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what I'm thinking. I don't care what the... I believe God. That's faith. That's what faith is. He says, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Now, we're on part three. And so what did we learn in the first uh, service for this message? All faith must have a foundation. You, there's things that happen to us in life that are bigger than the natural. The, the, the natural there's, there's sickness and disease at times that come against us, medicine can't fix. That, you know, you, heard, you hear things like incurable or this is a lifelong or chronic condition. There's financial things where you can see your calculator's not lining up to what you need or your bank account. There's things with your family that naturally you don't have a way out of. Things with your kids, things that are coming against you. And naturally you can't figure out how to get away. And so it's like, 
I don't have any, I don't have any faith in the natural. I don't have anything that I can grab onto. But with God, he's offered us through his word the opportunity to rise above what the natural has given us. Remember when he told Peter when the, when the sh uh, ship was stormy and he was walking on the water and the disciples got afraid. He said, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me or tell me I can come onto the water. And what happened? Jesus said, come on out. Well, Peter did what? Got out of the water and walked. Well, if all of us would go find a pond on the way home or a lake on the way home and try the same thing, we're going to get awfully wet. Well, what, what was the permission? Because we know naturally you can't walk on the water. Naturally, you can't stand on top of the water unless it's frozen. What, what gives him the permission to supersede or trump with the natural? When God gave him a word. And so the first thing we said is that you need to have a word for what you're going through. Why? That is your foundation. That is your anchor. That is your rock to actually believe. It is your permission slip that you don't have to accept what the world's given you. And naturally... It looks like they're going to die. It's a storm of such proportions that they're going to die. But Paul said in verse 24, fear not, Paul. This is what God said. You shall be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all that sail with you. So what gives Paul the permission in the next verse to say, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. We're not dying. What gives him that permission to do that? Because God told him you're not going to die. What gives the permission to the believer when the doctor says there's no hope, when the doctor says it's going the wrong way, when there's no medicine that can help? What gives the believer permission that he said, I will heal your body. I will restore health unto you. I will heal of your, of your wounds. Psalms 103 verse 3 says he heals all manner of diseases. That is your permission slip. What about when the calculator and the paycheck are not enough to meet the stacked up bills and the bills are telling you and the bills are saying this and the natural saying this and it's true as the day is long. What gives you permission to say, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, family. We ain't going under. You know how? Because Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. It's your permission slip to grab onto, to step out into that storm and walk on top of that circumstance. Amen. It's true. So the first thing we saw is we got to get a word. The word is our anchor. The word is our help. But then we saw last week that Paul didn't just take that word and leave it in his heart. Verse 24, he got the word. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar and Lord God has given you all them with it. Verse 25, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. What's the next thing Paul did once he got that word in his heart? He put it in his mouth. Amen. He put it in his mouth and he began to speak it. And we looked at all those things last week. Remember what we saw about the spirit of faith? Paul said, we having then the same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, as I have believed, therefore I have spoken. Belief is not meant to stay in your heart. That's where faith starts. But what does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. When you get full of faith in here, it can't help but come out of your mouth. I mean, think about it all the time. When people are consumed with fear and worry and they believe in that fear and worry, what comes out of their mouth? Fear and worry talk. When people are filled with doubt and unbelief, what comes out of their mouth? Not faith, doubt and unbelief. Amen, it's true. And so it's meant to come, come into your heart and go out of your mouth. And go to Mark eleven twenty three. 23. I want to stress this real quick as we go forward. Praise God. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Go ahead and flip over there. 
Praise the Lord. He is so good to us. Mark eleven twenty three. Now, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, so guess what? You are included in this verse. Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, what's the mountain? The, the test, the trial. Be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. Now notice what this verse says. He shall have whatsoever he needs. No. He shall have whatsoever he wants. No. He shall have whatsoever he desires. No. He shall have whatsoever he deserves. No. He shall have whatsoever he's desperate for. No. Jesus said, you'll have what you say. That is how God does things. Praise God. You will have what you say. Having comes by saying. I want to stress some things to you. Go to Job 22 and verse 28. Job is the book right before the book of Psalms. Job 22, 28. You need to get this in you because where we're going today, will it'll highlight to you, wow, better be careful. Better be careful with how I proceed. Better be careful with what thoughts I'm taking. <laughs> Glory to God. Job 22, 28. Better be careful of the thoughts you're taking. Better be careful. You think wrong, you'll believe wrong. You believe wrong, you'll speak wrong. You speak wrong, you'll have wrong. Job 22, 28. Look what he says. You... You shall decree a thing. You shall speak it. And look what it says. And it shall be established unto you and the light shall shine upon thy ways. What, who's it saying needs to say it? Who is Jesus talking to? You. You need to put it in your mouth. Not your spouse's mouth. Not your pastor's mouth. Not your grandma's mouth. It needs to be in your mouth. Amen. You shall decree a thing. You shall declare a thing. You need to be saying it. Go to Psalms 81 and verse 10. Psalms 81 and verse 10, praise his name forevermore. I am the Lord thy God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Well, what happened? They got delivered, didn't they? And look what he says, and we'll look back at this, or we'll look at this a little more in the the future today. <laughs> Open your mouth wide. And what? The wider you can open your mouth, the more I can fill it with good things. And he's telling them, okay, you're out now. And you say, I don't know if that's what that means. Oh, you'll see later that it certainly does. They opened their mouth wide and put the wrong things in it. And what did I say? They thought wrong. They believed wrong. They believed wrong. They spoke wrong. They spoke wrong. They had wrong. And he's warning them. You're coming out. Open your mouth and decree and declare what, what, what's, on your, what's on your life. I know it's quiet in here because we're all thinking, good Lord, what did I say this week? Good Lord, my confession. I'm just telling you. It's stuff to mess around with. Proverbs 18 and verse 20. Proverbs 18 and verse 20. Here we go. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of whose mouth? His mouth. Yeah. And then look at this. 
and with increase of his lips shall he be filled. What's he saying over and over again? You have what you say. And then look what verse 21 tells us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit there. I'm going to tell you something right now. Don't get mad at me because you're going to get mad at me for this one. The Bible says let a man examine himself if he be in the faith or not. You know, there's a lot of Christians, oh, I'm in faith, I'm a faith person. But you know what? As soon as something goes wrong, a different confession comes out of your mouth. You know what that tells me? You are never in faith. Faith people don't ever change their confession. Oh, ouch, Pastor Mike, that hurts. No, 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 just telling you. Now, I'm not saying what you're going through is because of your lack of faith. I'm not saying that, but we do know lack of faith will hurt us. And I'm just telling you, death and life from the power of the tongue. And people say, oh, I'm a faith person. I'm a faith child. But saying this, saying this. As soon as something goes wrong, a different confession comes out of your You know what that revealed? You do know what tests reveal, right? Tests reveal where you're at. In the class, well, okay, we're going to find out where you're at with knowing this knowledge by giving you a test. Oh, you, you got a 65. That, that's where you're at. Oh, I got a 31. That's where you're at. Oh, I got a 100. Okay, that's where you're at. And when you get a test, you know how we tell where you're at? What comes out of your mouth. And that ought to be a lesson to everybody. What am I saying when, when life gets hard? What am I saying when the tests come? Am I still rejoicing God is good, God is powerful, God is strong? It just reveals where you're at. I'm telling you, I've had to learn the hard way. It's the truth. It's a reveal. And the Bible says, let a man examine himself whether he be in the faith or not. We can't afford not to be in faith. And you know what, what our indicator is of our faith? Our mouth. What's coming out of our mouths? That tells me what's in here. What truly is in here. Amen. Paul went through hell on earth, didn't change his confession. Didn't change his confession. I'm telling you, I've changed my confession so many times I've had to get on the floor of repentance and say, okay, I'm not where I need to be. Anybody been there or is it just me? Praise God. Hallelujah. Go to Romans 10 and verse 10. No, no, we're, we're going to build ourselves up. We're not going to let the devil move us off of what he, God has for us. But we're going to help you today. Romans 10 and verse 10. Here it is. For with the heart man believeth. Well, that's what we said. Faith comes to the heart first, doesn't it? Faith is of the heart. It starts in the heart. You hear the word. Faith builds up. Remember Romans 10 verse 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word. Where does that faith come? It shows up in your heart. But then he says, and with the mouth. What's he saying? You can't leave the mouth out. With the mouth. What's he saying? The mouth's got to come with. With the heart man believes, but with the mouth. You can't leave the mouth out. With the mouth. Here it is. Confession is made unto salvation. Well, what's salvation there? That's the promise. This is how the formula is for anything. With the heart man believes in healing, but with the mouth it's going to come to him. With the heart, man believes in the prosperity and the deliverance and the turnaround of his finances, but with the mouth, it's going to come to him. Can't leave the mouth out. You didn't get saved just by believing in your heart. You had to open your mouth and say something. Why? That's what the Bible says to do. There's a light switch over there on the wall, you know, and I've used this example many times. I, I, don't, know, I don't know a thing about electricity, you know. I, I have no idea how all this stuff works. I'm just glad it does, and I take advantage of it. And I don't walk into a room... You know, this is really perplexing to me. Why, why when I turn the light switch on, does it come on and everything works? I don't understand. But because it doesn't, I don't understand it. I'm just not going to partake of it. That is stupidity. I don't know what happens when I stick my key in the car or puts, press the button, it fires up. I mean, I know something's happening. But I don't know what. I don't know what's going on there, but it doesn't stop me from taking advantage of it. Well, here he said, you got to believe it and speak it. And you might like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. No, no, stop it. 
Just because you don't get it, just because it might not be your way of doing things. It's his way of doing things. You better get on board with his way of doing things. Amen. Well, let me stress this. Open your mouth, declare a thing, and it'll come to pass. Open your mouth wide, I'll fill it. Death and life and the power of tongue. Man shall be satisfied. What does Matthew 12, 37 say? By your words, you're justified. By your words, you condemn. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, you'll have what you say. If the saying precedes the having, or precedes the having, and it does, the believing, the saying, the having, and it comes by saying, wouldn't it be logical to think that the enemy would do everything in his power to change what comes out of your mouth. Come on, think about it. If it matters what we say, and the devil knows it, now go with me to Ephesians 6 and verse 16. Ephesians 6 and verse 16. Now, we know the same spirit of faith is, we know what faith is, it's believing and speaking. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, look at what this verse says. Above all, what's that mean? Number one, take the shield of faith. Well, what is the shield of faith? It's not just belief. The shield of faith is believing and speaking. That's what faith is. People say faith is just belief. No, it's believing and speaking what you believe. Take the shield of faith, where with that shield of faith, what? You'll quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So what's the devil, from the devil's perspective, to a person that's in faith, What's happening all the time? Ricochet, ricochet, can't get through, can't penetrate that, can't, can't get past that. Why? It's that shield of faith. It's quenching all, it says. All the fiery darts. When someone is believing and speaking, what's it doing? It's quenching the fiery darts. So what's the devil got to try to do? Get you to lower that shield of faith. Well, how do you lower that shield of faith? You change what's in your mouth. Because what's in your mouth is what precedes the blessing or having the blessing. So think about this. It is so easy to praise God as wonderful and great and a provider and a healer and you're so wonderful in this and I believe in this when all is well. And the devil knows that. It's easy to say those things and rejoice and to have our faith confessions or you come out of a service where we're talking about healing and bam, you're speaking healing now or prosperity or things over your kids or your life and we're saying that, we're on board and then bam, hell shows up. Well, remember, if you keep speaking, Jesus said, you'll have. He said it. But if you stop, it cuts it off. Or if you change what you're saying, your having's going to be different. So wouldn't it be likely that the enemy is going to try to get that confession out of your mouth? Amen. Go to, excuse me, go to Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Hallelujah. Okay, so we know we got to say it. We got to believe it and say it. And look what it tells us about what we say. Let us hold fast. You see that? The profession, that means the confession of our faith. Why? We don't just believe it. We speak what we believe. Didn't Jesus say you'll have what you say of what you believe, right? You believe in your heart, speak it. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let me turn this down just one click here. There we go. 
Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Now notice this, here it is. Without wavering. Well, what do we know about wavering? Remember in James chapter one when the Bible says, but let a man ask in faith, right? Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. And then we get the, the really the blast from God. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from me. That's what he says. He that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed the wind. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Why is he saying hold fast the profession of faith without wavering? Because the minute you start to waver, your blessing gets held up. Yeah. Notice this now. For he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised glory to God. To get to the blessing of our promises that God has, has for us, we have to cross the finish line or to even get to the finish line, there's gonna be something with us. It's our confession. It's our confession. The confession gets you to the possession. Amen? Have you ever watched the Olympics and you see a relay race? Have you ever seen where they have the four runners? And what do they do? They pass a baton. Well, you can't win that race. You can't even qualify to be on the podium or even qualify to, to be in the standings that race if all four of those people don't carry that and the one carries it across the finish line. You ever see them drop it and everything gets messed up, right? Can't just, well, I'm gonna run faster by not taking time to grab Nope, you got to carry it across the finish line. You know, think about, God uses a lot of times in the Bible natural illustrations to illustrate spiritual truths and it helps us to see things. And, you know, I'm a sports fan and, and I love sports and one of the, my favorite sports to watch is football. And you know what's interesting? You don't get six points in football for a touchdown by just walking into the end zone. You don't get six points just by wanting to be in the end zone. You don't get six points by just needing to get in the end zone. You actually have to cross the goal line with something in hand. You have to have that football in hand, don't you? But how many of you know this if you've watched football? I've yet to see the defense when they hand it off to the running back or they pass it to the wide receiver and catch it and running. Just stop and say, oh, just let them go across or they're the down linemen are in the front for the defense and they hand it off to the running back and they just back off and let them in. No, no, no. There is a battle. There is a fight. There is a collision. Why? To keep that ball out of the end zone. And in fact, you'll see that they are, if you watch the way they tackle nowadays, they'll gang tackle somebody and they're punching the ball, they're trying to rip it out of the hands. Why? If I can get the ball, I can get the victory. Yeah. Well, hold fast the profession of faith without wavering, for he is faithful at promise. So it's warning you, something is going to come for your confession to get you to waver. What is it called? The storms of life, to get you to change what you're saying. Can't do it. Can't do it. Go with me to Exodus chapter 15. Paul didn't change, did he? What did he say? Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. In the midst of the storm, he said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. We're not dying. We're going to make it. Praise God. Didn't change. What did Paul reveal? Faith. Faith. Glory to God. 
Yeah. Exodus 15. Now, this is right after they get delivered from Egypt. And, God, and they saw a miracle, didn't they? They saw God part the Red Sea. Now, think about this. They come out of Egypt out of slavery. Why? God didn't want them to be slaves. God wanted blessings for his people. They were there for 400 and some years, right? So God did a miracle. I mean, God did a miracle to show them, I want you free. I want you living in blessings. And look what they, they said in verse, listen to their confession. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. Oh, I'll tell you so. Have you ever been a fickle Christian? Sign me up. I'm, been the fickle president. What's the fickle Christian? Man, things are good. Ooh, God is so good. Love my God. He's so wonderful and so great. Then sang Moses to the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Yeah, he did. The horse and his rider as he thrown in the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. No matter the storms that come my way. We sing that. Oh, we sing that. We like that song. But is that really in the darkest of the dark, how we're acting when nobody's watching us? It's easy when things are going well. The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts has he cast in the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Your right hand, O Lord. Good confession here, right? Is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellency, you have overthrown them that rose up against thee. You sent forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. But you did blow with thy wind, the sea covered them, and they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? You stretched out your hand. You swallowed them. You and your mercy has led forth the people which you have re redeemed. You have guided them in thy strength and thy holy habitations. Do you see that confession? That is good. God, you're powerful. God, you're mighty. God, you're holy. God, you're faithful. Wah, 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 wah. Jump over to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. So now they're out. Well, you know what I said, remember when, when I was preaching to the Bible school students on, I don't know, Sunday, last Sunday or something. And I mentioned the verse Romans 8, 32, where it says, how shall he not with him if he spared not his own son, freely give you all things. I said, you know, the pastor might translation of that verse would be, wake the heck up, church. If God gave you Jesus, uh, he's certainly concerned about your healing and your prosperity, right? It should prove to you. Well, you would think that when God performed a miracle and parted the red stinking sea, that they would think, you know what? We got someone working for us. We got someone on our side, right? I mean, they're singing about who he is and how powerful he is. And so here we go in Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which, notice this, which I give, which I give, which I give. 
You know what the word is? It's God's will. You know what? When he says you can be healed, you know what that's saying? I'm giving you healing. When he says you can be, have your needs met, he's saying to you, I'm giving you prosperity. I'm giving you healing. I'm giving you deliverance. I'm giving you this. That's what he's saying. Which I give unto the children of Israel, every tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man. Notice this, everyone a ruler among them. Do you see that? Okay, so he said, go send out. Now, now picture this. They come out of the, the, the Red Sea, and God promised them a promised land. Can you imagine what their confession would have been about the promised land? Oh, man, this is going to be so much better than Egypt. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be so wonderful. God is deliverance. We saw, we saw God move the waters. We saw God dry up the ground. We were delivered. We saw the Egypt and all those people be, be consumed in the sea. You can imagine how fired up, especially the spies. Oh, I can't wait to go see what's there. Let's go check out what God has given us. Let's go check out what God has for us. You know they're pumped. They're fired up. Oh, praise God. I saw Pastor Mike taught me there's healing. Praise God, I can be healed from this. Oh, Pastor Mike told me, taught me that I can be free from my financial distress. Oh, praise God. On and on and on. That's what God has given you. Well, they certainly went and looked, didn't they? But then we pick it up in verse 26. Now remember, we just had a party on the beach of singing and rejoicing. Hoop, hooting and hollering, hoopla, everything. Why? Because they just saw something that they never could have expected to see. Verse 26, and they came, and they went and came to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came unto the land where you sent us and surely it flowed with milk and honey. This is the fruit thereof. And they brought these huge, giant clusters of grapes. I mean, it was the promised land, milk and honey. Of course it was good. It was from God. Oh, but look. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. And over we saw a children back there. Come on. What are they saying? It's great. And you said we could have it, but... The circumstances and the symptoms are telling us we can't. Surely healing sounds good, but the doctors are saying it's getting worse. Surely prosperity sounds good, but things are breaking down. My finances are getting worse. Ouch. Wait a minute. You were fired up in church and you walked out fired up and then life happened. What happened? He said, verse 29, the Amicalites dwell in the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, Amorites dwell in the mountains, the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once we, and possess it. We are well able. That was a faith man. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than us. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched on the children of Israel saying, the land through which we have gone to search is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come unto the giants, and we were our own sight grasshoppers. And what it says in chapter 14, verse 1, guess what we get to reveal? We find out exactly. When you're rejoicing, when everything's going good, that is not an indicator that you are in faith. It's not. It's when the test comes. We don't know how much you know in school by just sitting in class. We know how much you know in school by the grade you get on the test that was taken concerning the material. That's when we find out. Well, they're on the beach shouting and hooping hot. That's not an indicator. But now it says, chapter 14, verse 1, now they realize, oh my gosh, there's a test, there's trials, there's, it's hard, it's, it's a mountain. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept. <laughs> and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against their leader, threw him, ran out of the bus. 
and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, would God that we have died in the land of Egypt. It would have been better to die in the land of Egypt. And look at this. And wherefore, now they're, now they're turning on God. Oh, man, they are really revealing how much faith people they are. You ever blamed God before I have? God's not our problem. You can get that through your head. God is not your problem. He's perfect. You might not understand everything, but God is not the problem. And I've been there. And look at this. Wherefore God has brought us to the Lord, has brought us to the land to fall by the sword. God brought us to our death. Blaming you, God. Blaming the pastor, God. Blaming the minister. And my question is, what happened to God? Your right hand is powerful. Is this right hand not powerful enough for the walls anymore? You are glorious, your strength, your might, your faithfulness. Where did that go? The test came and it knocked the confession right out of their mouth. And the devil sat back and said, yes, yes. Because how do we know? Look at verse, chapter 14 and verse 26. So they're, they're whining and moaning and groaning. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, How shall I, long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Can you imagine how frustrating it must have been for him? Holy cow, guys. Do I need to remind you of all the things I have done for you? When you needed food, it fell from the heavens. When you need water, it came out of a rock. When you needed guidance, by fire by night, cloud by day, I guided you. When you needed deliverance from the armies of Egypt, I parted the sticking Red Sea for you. And now, a little wall and some people are throwing your confession off, revealing of where they're at. And the Lord spoke and said, how long shall I bear this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard, I have heard, God hears, the murmurings, the complaints of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them, look at this, as I truly live, says the Lord, as you have spoken. Who spoke it? As you have spoken. So many people, God this, God that. No, 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 no. Remember Deuteronomy says, this day I have set before you life and death. And what does he tell you to do? He gives you the answer. He says, choose life. There's one of two responses in the world. Every day you have a choice. I'm going to choose the life way. I'm going to choose the death way. What is the life way? God, talking like God, thinking like God, acting like God. Well, he's saying, as you have spoken, not because of me and what I want to do. I told you what I want to do. My goal, my plan was to get you into something. But you're speaking something different and you have what you say. Open your mouth wide. I'll fill it. Open your mouth wide. I'll fill it. You decree a thing and it'll be, well, what did they say? We can't do it. We're going to die by the sword. That's what they said. That's what they said. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. A man's belly should be satisfied by the fruit of his lips. By your words, justified by your words, condemned. Say unto them as true as I live to the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, that's what I'm going to have to do to you. Because you have what you say. Amen. Did God, and then when it goes on to say, say unto them, verse 29, your carcasses will fall in the wilderness. Was that his plan? Never. And all that were numbered among you according to the whole number from 20 years old numbered which have murmured against me. Doubtless you shall come into the land. See, I doubt you're coming into this land concerning which I swore unto you. I stink and swore this promise unto you. I have swore healing unto you. I have swore prosperity unto you. I have swore deliverance unto you. But you're never going to get into it if you change what you're saying out of your mouth. 
saying the wrong thing. He said, doubtless you'll come in. And did they get in there? No, they didn't. 40 years they wandered. 40 years they wandered. When the football players go to get across that running back, to get across the line, or a quarterback, you know, we'll do a quarterback sneak, you'll see them, they don't just casual with the ball. They don't just hold the ball anywhere to be knocked out. They're not just holding it loose. I mean, you watch these guys and they're punching. Grown men who are ripped and powerful are punching the ball, trying to rip it out. You know for that ball to not come out, they are not just... It's tucked, tight. And when it gets down into the trenches, you know, you'll even see when a running back's running out by themselves, sometimes they'll have the ball here or they'll have here, and when they're about to get hit, what do they do? Tuck that thing in. They don't... Oh, things are about to get hard. Blah. They don't do that. They don't all sudden change and get, and get disqualified. But I want to show you this. Go to John chapter 1 and verse 29. The attacks that come are for a purpose to what? Knock the confession out of your mouth. John 1 and verse 25. I'm going to show you here a principle that how when times get tough, man, do people start saying different things. This is so mind-boggling to me, this whole thing right here. But, but I think about my own life, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I remember speaking wrong, wrong about that when things got hard. This is talking about John the Baptist. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him. So John the Baptist sees Jesus coming unto him. And look what he says. And saith, so he's got a confession. Behold, the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world... This, notice this, get this in your head. This is he. He doesn't sound very confused, does he? This is he whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he, was, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing water. And look what verse 32 says. And John bare record saying, he said, I'll put this on the record. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode or sat on Jesus. And I knew him not, but that he sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, Upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized in the Holy Ghost. So God told him, The one that you see, even though you don't know him, the one that you see, the Spirit come out of heaven and go on him, he's the one. And verse 34 said, And I saw and bear record, look at this, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. You see that? Verse 36, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, John said so many things here, behold the Lamb of God. What was all his confession? That's the star. That's the one. That's the one we're waiting for. That's the one I'm preparing the way for. That's the Son of God. That's the one God has testified about. Does that sound like confusion to you? Does that sound like someone that's, I'm not so sure about this? Flip back to Matthew chapter 11. You know the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were not written in chronological order. They're, they're their own testimonies of themselves. But Matthew chapter 11, you've got to be careful because the test and trial come what? To get you to change what you're saying. Now remember how certain John was? Oh, man. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding, 11.1, his disciples, he departed there to preach and teach the cities. Now look at this. Now when John had heard in prison... Well, how did John get in prison? Just for being a righteous man, doing the right thing and ticking off the wrong people. 
Did he deserve it? Sure didn't, but he was there, wasn't he? Well, what is that? That's called a test and a trial, right? He's in prison for no reason. Now, when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto Jesus, so John's saying, go ask this man, <coughs> excuse me, are you he that should come? Or do we look for another? What you talking about, Willis? Remember that? What you talking about, Willis? Arnold, let us know. And that's what Arnold would be saying to John. What are you talking about, John? Asking if this is the one? You just got done testifying and bearing record that this is the Son of God. You saw the Spirit of God descend on him. You bear record of it. You declared it. You were confessing. But he wasn't in prison. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed until the symptoms come and then what's coming out of your mouth? Oh, God meets all my needs and then all of a sudden, bam, the car breaks down and you have a bill that you can't pay. Why does this always happen to me? Where am I going to get this money? Yikes. Come on. Are you the one that should come or do we look for another? Are you kidding me? Jesus answered and said, go show them again. See, I've already seen it once, but go show them again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached in them. And blessed is he who shall ever not be offended in me. Well, what happened to John? Why did his confession change? Because his circumstances changed. All of a sudden, he's in a, he's in a battle. All of a sudden, he's in something that's very uncomfortable. Well, what was that to do? What, what happens when you get in a test trial? Knocks the confession right out of your mouth. Praise God. I have, I'll, I'll tell you a story. This was years ago. There was a couple that was believing God for a baby. And we've seen miracles with babies. We have. And, and uh, you know, there's promise on it. You, something you can stand on in, in the Word of God. And so we've seen miracles. We've seen people that were told they can't. They have multiple kids and things. And, and I was excited for this couple because I, I knew God was going to do it. I could just get their faith right. I knew he was going to do it. And they testified to me multiple times, multiple times. Once they testified to me publicly about how their lives have changed since they planted in this church and learned the faith message and began to speak and things started showing up in their lives. Well, time kept going on and on and on and on and on. And there was no baby showing up. Well, what does the Bible say? Hold fast. Doctors would say no. Bodies would say no. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And all these blessings, these literal miracles that happened, it soured them so much they started changing their confession and boop, carded them. Not only changed their confession, but changed them, walked them right out of this church. And here they testified, just like John, this is great, this is wonderful. Now the faith message is bunk. Now the faith message doesn't work. Okay, if you're going to say that and take that stance, you're saying God's a liar. 
I don't understand everything. For two years I was sick. And what was I doing? Preaching healing. Preaching the word of God. There's things that we don't understand. And maybe, remember when Jesus, the disciples couldn't cast out the devil? Remember, but Jesus said, I give you authority to cast out the devils. Remember they couldn't cast out the devil? What they did, the smart thing. Why couldn't we do this? You said we could. Now, when they couldn't do it, what did they go at? No, no, this doesn't work. Faith doesn't work. You said and it didn't happen. No, maybe, just maybe, you need some understanding. Maybe, just maybe, you need some learning. I don't know. I've had to learn some things myself, but I know this. The Bible's true. Faith works, praise God. And the devil give you all sorts of thoughts. Ah, this faith message doesn't work. God said this and God said that and that didn't happen. We need to find out why. If you want to know bad enough, God will show you. He will. If you're humble enough, you might be doing something wrong. You might not be doing something wrong. There might be learning to be found. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. There's been times, minister, it's happened to me, but Brother Hagin tells stories all the time about people he would go to lay hands on for healing. And the Lord said, don't lay hands on them. They're not going to get their healing. It's too late. Well, does that mean healing's not of God? No. But there's more to be understood, right? It's like the person, the, the minister tried to talk me how to go to the Bible school I went to because that's that Bible school that teaches faith and healing. Well, there was a person in my church, she loved God so much and she was believing for healing. She died young. That doesn't change. It does not change the word. And that's what people, they start changing based on circumstances, based on what they see, based on what they think. No, no. Our confession, the life way, is to say always what he is saying no matter what. That's the truth. Glory to God. You know, this water bottle here, if I were to tell you, you know, we have a, a whole tre treasure chest of money over here, you know, and we're going to have you hold this. And, and everybody in the church is going to try to rip this out of your hands. And, and we're all going to take turns doing this and, and get a chance of holding the bottle. But every second that you hold that bottle for in your hands, we're, we're depositing $1,000 into your account. Well, Start, go. Okay, so people rally around. You are going to grip that thing and hold on to that thing. Why? Because the prize is worth it. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without waiting for he is faithful. What's he saying? Hold on to that confession no matter what because what's worth it at the end. Amen. I don't let go of it or get casual with it I grip it even more when hell shows up I don't say less I say more I speak more in the face of it I declare more in the face of it because when you understand that the devil's trying to knock this out of you it will give you a righteous anger no you don't devil the money will come the answers will come. The revelation will come. The healing will come. The deliverance will come. And last but not least, Colossians 4 and verse 2. We'll finish with this. I do have to leave right after church, so I'm going to continue my antisocial behavior today. And, uh, but that's not the norm. I normally don't do that, but I do have to... So if you don't see me around, it's not because... I don't, I don't want to be around here, but Colossians 4 and verse 2, but there is fellowship today, right? Yes. yes over there. What are we having? Ravioli. Ravioli? Wow. All right. Colossians 4 and verse 2. Continue. Look what it says. Continue. 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 How many of you 
it's not so much anymore, especially with streaming and you can binge watch things, but how many of you get so ticked off, shows just getting so good, then all of a sudden, two, B, continued. What? I got to wait a whole week, but you know what you do? You continue because you want to see how this turns out. And you know what these series and shows are? They're all, no matter what the show is, whether it's about medieval times, Vikings, new age people, country people, it's all just one big soap opera. If you really look at it, they, they have characters that people get to like and they have drama going on and they have different scenes and they get you hooked. All those shows and stuff are, are just one big to be continued. And guess what? That's why people binge watch. That's why people will stay with the show for six, seven years because they're holding on. I got to see what happens at the end. I got to continue. Oh, what's at the end if you'll continue? Continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving, holding fast. What does that sound like? Okay. Father, you said I could be healed. I, re I release my faith for my healing. What does that look like every single day? Continuing. I'm not asking him to heal you. Father, I thank you that I am healed. I thank you that healing's mine. What is that doing? That's holding fast and continuing. How long do you have to continue? Till it's over. Yeah. Say, really? Yeah, that's, that's your lifestyle. Yes. That's what we're made for. That's who we are. We continue. He that endures to the end. Faith is about faithfulness. Faith is not about not giving up. Faith is about patience. Faith is about enduring no matter what comes our way. No matter... The storms that come my way, right? No matter the trials I would face. And he talks about praising him. Come on now. We all need to repent for lying to him during worship today. Come on. Because there's been some no matters that have come across that have changed our mouths. Me included. I'm, I'm right there with you. My goodness, this isn't no pedestal pointing down at you. We all have some more to do. But I'll tell you what. Continue in prayer with thanksgiving and watch the same way. If you'll continue, you'll get to the end. You hold on to that confession. You don't let the devil knock that out. You don't lose your faith in God. You don't lose your faith in what's happening. You, don't, you, you know how the children of Israel would have, would have really been, been suited in that time, that change of confession? Just stop and think of all that God's done for them. Yeah. He's not changed. I might change, but he hasn't changed. Amen? Well, were you helped this series? Get a word, get it in your mouth, and don't stop saying it until it comes back. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word this morning. You are good and your mercy endures forever father you're so helpful and so good to us to remind us and, and give us this series a, a word in season get a word speak the word hold on to that word and father i yeah i'll say this you know you can open your eyes real quick i, I was thinking about when brother hagan was a prosperity preacher went around the country driving dirt dirt roads place to place declaring Philippians 4.19, declaring that God's a God of abundance. And here, he and his family are suffering financially. He and his family, he, he talk about how he drive down the road in an inadequate vehicle and go to church and, and, and preach and get an inadequate supply to meet their bills. And the tires on his vehicle, he called them four baldies. He said they were so bad and they would, he said they would sing to him going down the road about how bad his situation was. He'd hear those tires, he'd roll down the windows, no air conditioning and the back country roads in the summer. He said those tires would just sing to him how broke you are, how, 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 how bad it is. And guess what? Naturally it was. But you know what he did? He just kept declaring, God, you're a God of prosperity. God, you're a God of this. That's 
our lesson. That is our example. Praise God. We don't change. We don't change. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We don't change. We don't change. Devil, you're on notice. We don't change. Praise God. Thank you for helping us this morning, Father. You're good to us. Your mercy endures forever. Father, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all you've given. Thank you for all that you've provided for us. Father, faith is, is a force that if worked right, skillfully and strategically, things will change. And Father, we don't understand everything, you know. I understand at the time, two years of sickness and I'm preaching healing, but I know this, you're faithful and you're good and that doesn't change anything. If I need to learn, I'll learn. And I pray to reveal things to people. If, they, if their faith has been soured, if they've been, if they've been you know, turned off by it and, and, and taken the wrong thought that it doesn't work, that you don't care, reveal things to them. Help them, Father. But Lord, we're going forward the right way today. We, we praise you. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, please nobody looking around. If you didn't listen to anything I said the whole service, please listen to this. You know, I check the obituaries every single day. It's a habit I've been in the years, you know, and the reason is because if someone passes away that I'm close with or know I want to be able to reach out and help, but anyways, I check every day. I check the Post Journal, the Dunkirk paper, the Warren Times Observer, and the Only Ann Times Herald. I check them every day. And you know what I find every day? It's filled with people. What's that telling me? Everybody's going to die a natural death if Jesus doesn't come back. I mean, it, you can't escape it. It's going to happen. And when you die, there's one of two places you can go. There's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. I'm here to tell you, Jesus talked about them both and he wasn't a liar. And so someday all of us sitting here, we're going to pass from this life. And those watching by live stream, you're going to pass from this life and you're going to go somewhere. Now, where you go is not up to him. He already did his part. He said it's finished. But where we go is up to us. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you say, you know what, that's true, I know. People are going to, I'm going to die a natural death if Jesus doesn't come back. I want to know that I know that I'm going to heaven. Well, let me help you with something. You never have to step foot in this church ever again to go to heaven. You need to understand that. You never have to step foot in any church to go to heaven. It's not about, well, my good deeds weren't, didn't overtake how many bad things I did, therefore I can't go. No, it has nothing to do with if you were good or bad, church or no church, giving or no giving. Jesus said this, if you believe on me, you will not perish. That is the qualification. If you believe on me. Church and religion and people will make it hard. God has made it simple. He said the first start is believing. Well, what do we know about belief? It shows up in our heart. What's the next thing? With the heart, man believes. With the mouth, confession is made. He said in Romans 10, call on my name. Once you believe, you call. So if you're here today, you say, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. Or you're watching, you say, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. You don't have to have that uncertainty anymore. It starts with belief. If you can say, in my heart of hearts, I know that Jesus was real. I know that he died and rose again. I know, I can't explain it, but I know he's real. Then you are half the way there. The other half is what? Confessing as, it, as his Lord, your Lord and Savior, asking him into your life. So if you're here, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I won't embarrass you. I won't have you stand up, come forward, or say anything on your own. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. But if you can say, Pastor Mike, I don't know for sure that I go to heaven. Again, you're not joining this church. You're just receiving the free gift he gave you. If you can say, Pastor Mike, I am not sure that I would go to heaven. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you lift your hand high in the air if you want to receive him this morning? I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'll have you put your hand right back down. Anybody at all, before we close the service, just lift your hand in the air. I see that hand. You can put it down. See, we're not in the business of embarrassing anyone. And once you pray this prayer, he said, I'll never leave you. 
Anybody else, put your hand high in the air and I'll acknowledge you and have you put it down that wants to receive Jesus, that you, you say, I want, it. I want this today. I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Anybody else? I see that hand. You can put your hand down as well. Praise the Lord. Anybody else before we close the service that says, you know what, I want to get involved in this. Again, you're not joining the church. If I never see your face again, but you mean this, I'll see you in heaven. Anybody else want to receive Jesus before we close the service? Father, I see that we had two hands and maybe there's more of people that maybe are shy or embarrassed, don't want to raise their hand. And maybe there's people online that want to get involved in this and I obviously can't see their hand. Thank God it's not the raising of the hand that gets to save. It's the believing of the heart and confessing with the mouth. And so for those people that raise their hand and those people that should have raised their hand or wanted to get involved in this and anybody watching online, along with everybody else in the church, we're going to pray a prayer releasing our faith and our belief in Jesus and ask him in our hearts. So everybody after me, say this. Open your mouth wide and say this. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, believe I believe in you. I believe you died and rose again. And I ask you to come into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can look up here. Praise God. Two people. Born again. Going to heaven. The Bible says if just one receives Jesus, the angels rejoice. And so we just set off a party in heaven. I mean, they're partying hard today, you know, I mean, praise God. Well, I just certainly love all of you and appreciate you. Don't forget there is fellowship. There's no Wednesday service this week. But you go to Dufresne Ministries, you'll be able to watch those services. I'll tell you, you'll be blessed for doing it. You know, there's no one on the earth like Pastor Nancy Dufresne. She's a one, one of a kind, man. And she'll be doing the night services, I'm sure. And, and in the morning service, I believe it's Reverend Joel and his wife, Amy. They're from the Buffalo area. You know, they're a blessing too. But I'm excited to receive and bring back to you. But... We got some things we got to make sure we're holding fast to. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we love you so much. We praise you. Repent if you need to. Get on. Just, just, we love you, Lord. I, I've been a fickle, faithless Christian at times, and I'm sorry for it. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be that way. I love you, Father, and praise you and magnify you. Bless each and every one of these people as we go forth. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody said, amen. Love you. Appreciate you. We'll see you next week. You're dismissed. We seek you. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his 